Good morning, good morning, everybody. If you go ahead and stand to your feet as we get started, we're excited to be with you today. I just want to remind you, this place is a safe place. This, is, this place is a place of welcome. The Lord welcomes us in here, calls us in here today, and I think he's got big things planned for us. I mean, I know he's got big things planned for you today. He's calling us to something specific. So be ready for that as we come in here to worship our God together and sing in one voice. We've got a sign posted out front just so you can feel safe. This is what the Lord speaks over us, and I'm just going to speak it over us today. To all who are weary and need rest, to all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who feel worthless and wonder if God cares, to all who fail and desire strength, to all who sin and need a Savior, this church opens wide her red doors in the name of Jesus Christ, the friend of sinners. We welcome you. He is our friend today. And we call you to worship him in this place. Not only is this a safe place, but this is a place of response to the Spirit. So can we read together? I'll read what's in white, and we'll all start reading what's in yellow, just our call and response, just to hear from the Lord today. So let's start together. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We come to the Father, and we know the Father by living according to his word. We have hidden your word in our hearts that we might live in Christ. To Jesus we cry, cleanse us, O Lord. By the mercy of Christ, we are made clean. Amen. This is the hope that we proclaim. Say it loud. That Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead to give us life. Hallelujah. Let us worship God together. I'm alive. Oh, I'm alive because you're alive. I am free because you set me free. I'm alive. I'm alive in you. I am yours, cause you said it so, I am loved, and you won't let go, I'm alive, I'm alive in you, Jesus, oh Spirit come, set our hearts with holy fire, this hope we have, our God's not dead, he is alive. Nothing as strong as our God is, our God is alive, oh our God is alive, where is your sting, no sin has flame on me, I'm alive, I'm alive in you, Jesus. 
nothing as strong as our God is. Our God is alive and He is risen. Now we are walking in freedom. Nothing as strong as our Jesus. Cause our God is alive. And our God is alive. Oh, and let praise rise high in this place. For our King stands over the grave. Your voices, come on. Oh, and let praise rise high in this place. Our King stands over the grave. Oh, and let praise rise high in this place. For our King stands over. from Psalm 119. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Forever by them your servant is warned, keeping them there is great reward. You know, the Lord makes a big deal about what goes on in our heart, about the state of our heart, about the motives of our heart. In 1 Samuel, it says, the Lord doesn't see like we do. We look at the outside of a person and their actions. But the Lord, he looks at our heart. And you know, the way that we behave flows out of the desires of our heart. In Luke, it says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, we behave based off of what's in our heart. And if you're like me, which 
I know you are. We so easily just fall, revert back to, you know, selfish desires, fleshly desires, sinful desires. <coughs> you know, but this passage, Psalm 19, that Molly just read to us, is a reinforcing of why the Lord in his word, the word of God, and his desires for our heart are to be trusted because they are pure, they're perfect, and because they are proven to be good. And so there's something powerful about just proclaiming, you know, the name of Jesus over temptation or proclaiming the name of Jesus over sin. So in this place today, what we're going to do is we're going to proclaim that Jesus and his desires is king over our desires. So we're going to sing that in this place. He's the king of our hearts.
thank you for this day. We honor you in this place. We know you're never going to let us down. Lord, be with your servant, Pastor Jason, as he brings the word, Lord. Let it seep into our veins so that we can live our lives for you. We honor you. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Good morning, Westside. My name is Matt Blackburn. I am a board member here. If you guys are new here, you've been coming for a little while, you have any questions, uh, any direction you might need, if you see someone with one of these orange lanyards, be sure to stop them. They will have uh, an answer for you, hopefully. And if not, find someone else with an orange lanyard, and we'll collaborate, and we'll get you figured out. Um, if you guys take notes, go ahead and get your notepad out now, because we have a list of announcements this morning. Uh, in the back of the pew, you guys will see a connection card. If you're new here, you haven't filled one out, you want to stay in the loop, we want your information just so we can send you guys emails, kind of let you guys know what's going on in the life of the church. If they are, I've had people tell me they're not in the back of the pew sometimes, find someone with an orange lanyard. We will get you a connection card so we can get you guys connected. We would love to connect with you. If you are wanting to give, we have offering boxes out in the lobby. There's two black boxes out there. Also, if you want to give online, just go to westsidepb.org. You can give there as well. We're trying to ramp up our communication, keep everyone in the loop, keep everyone in the know. So what we are doing is we're sending out a newsletter twice a month, and that has all kinds of dates on it, a calendar, let you guys know what's upcoming in the life of the church, what's going on so you guys can attend and stay connected. We also have a texting service that goes out once a week and ask questions about the church, or you can text back, ask questions about the church, check on the podcast. And if you want to get connected on that and you haven't, just text Westside to 573-877-7333. What's coming up next? Has anyone downloaded the Dwell app yet? Anyone do that? If you guys have trouble reading the Bible, kind of sometimes making time for that, I encourage you to download that app. Every morning I get in my truck, it connects to my Bluetooth automatically, and I'm listening to the word as I go to work, which usually sets me in a better mood. My coworkers tell me I've been a lot better since I've been doing that. So I encourage you guys to do the same. It's super easy. We just want the entire church to kind of dwell, marinate in the word this year, and the Dwell app is a great way to do that. Um, Westside Men is back. I don't know. Anyone come last week? We had 42 men in there. It was incredible. We had smoked chicken. The food is always great. We want to feed your bellies. And then Jason's going to bring a word to feed your soul. And it is just an incredible time, an awesome brotherhood back there. If you've not attended, just come once. Try it. See what you think. I'm positive you will not be disappointed. Next Sunday, the 22nd, um, all of the staff and board, some of the ministry leaders will be going to Georgia to Grace for our yearly summit. So we will not have a service here. It will be a strictly online service. So be sure to check that out as well. One new thing also, we are starting upper room worship nights. Can I have an amen for that? Is that exciting for you guys? I've been looking forward to that. Um, we will have our first one January 29th at 5 p.m. So we are looking for that. Be sure to come, get filled up, worship. It's going to be an incredible time. Also, if you guys saw that table out there full of cups and anything else, baby bottles, if you see something that is there that is yours, that's lost and found, take it. 
If you see something you like that's not yours, take it. Because tomorrow it's getting donated and it's out of here. So if you will, just turn your attention to the reading of the word. Psalm 119, 91 through 96. If you're reading from our Pew Bible, it is on page 571. I'll give you a minute to get there. Once you're there, say, let the word dwell in me. By your appointment, they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. that you are with us today. Just a few things. Number one, please take whatever uh, Matt said out there at the lost and found, okay? Um, Take that. Number two, there's a few Bibles out there in the lost and found. And I might have looked on the index page to see whose they are, okay? And I might send you a text like, how's your Bible reading going, okay? (laughs) That's all I'm saying, okay? Um, Number two, when it comes to next week and us having the online service, I am really excited. Number one, please be in prayer um, for the leadership and those of us going down there to grace that God would just have a word for us, encourage us, connect us to other family members that are part of the grace family. Secondly, I'm excited because that online service, um, we are going to be streaming the service there at grace. And so um, I feel like sometimes there's questions like, oh, what does it mean to be a part of the Grace family and this, that, and the other? So please, you can tune in, go to our Facebook page, be sure to like it that Sunday at 10 a.m. And you, in a way, can participate with what's going on there at the summit. So be a part of that. Well, hey, we are in our Dwell series. And like Matt said, hopefully you've downloaded that app. If you haven't, there's information out there at the Info Center uh, to teach you kind of how to do that. This is our word for the year. This is our direction. This is our navigation, our North Star. We are wanting to dwell with God by dwelling in his word. The Bible makes a direct correlation of your relationship with God to your relationship with God's word. And just a bit of review, our main theme verse comes from Colossians chapter 3. And I tell you what, let's read this out loud together. Now you're in the sermon. Ready, go. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, 
teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This is what we are wanting to accomplish, um, that the word of God would dwell in us richly to abide, to linger, to soak in the scriptures. And then what is the effect? What, what is the result of that happening? Well, here in Colossae, it is a congregation that teaches one another, admonishes, encourages one another, has wisdom for each other, singing with hymns. Whatever fills our hearts spills out of our mouths. And this is the goal. This is what we want to accomplish this year. And if you haven't been here, you can catch up on the sermons on our website. But just a little bit of review, the, the big idea and the thesis of the series is this, is that disciples are developed by dwelling in God's word. It is the food for our soul. It is the gas in our engine for this journey that we are developed not just by reading God's word, not just by being around God's word, but the specific act of dwelling in God's word. And then we said a few weeks ago that Christians move from infancy to maturity by meditating on God's word. So we're breaking this down, trying to make this as practical as we can. I said that my desire as your pastor was maybe um, not so much just reading through your Bible reading plan. If you're doing that, that's great, incredible, do that. But if you feel sort of an inclination of, man, I just want to spend time in my Bible reading plan this year. That's what meditating is. We even did a meditative practice, broke down a verse, showed you how to do all of those things. And lastly, we said this, biblical meditation is the process of filling our mind with God's word, then focusing on it with our heart. You see, biblical meditation is about filling your mind, not emptying it, but filling it. We even said that this is a massive tool when it comes to combating anxiety or fear. Oftentimes we think anxiety is overthinking. And the Bible would say, no, that's, that's not anxiety. Anxiety is just thinking about the wrong thing. God wants you to think and think and think some more, but to think about the right things. And today we're continuing in the next step in our journey as to what it is to dwell. And um, maybe this illustration will help. His name was Howard Rutledge, and this is a picture of him. And the date was November 26th, 1965. Howard Rutledge um, is a Vietnam veteran. But he's not just a Vietnam veteran, he is also a POW. And on November 26, Howard was on a, miss, uh, on a mission flying over and discharging and doing some things in his aircraft. When his aircraft was shot out of the air, and then follow this, Howard Rutledge had to parachute out of his plane and land in the village that he was just in combat with. So there probably wasn't a welcome team that was really excited to see him. Um, Howard actually goes on and years later writes the book, In the Presence of Mine Enemies. It's, it's a short read. I highly encourage it. 
Howard was a prisoner of war for seven years in Vietnam. When he landed, he was beaten, he was captured, he was thrown there into the prison. For the first year and six months, Howard Rutledge was in complete and total isolation. The only other human being that he saw would be a guard that would occasionally, every few days, give him muddy river water and rotten food in order to eat. He recounts everything um, in the memoir, but a few months into it, Howard says these words. The sights and sounds and smells of death were all around me. Quickly, my hunger for spiritual food soon outweighed my hunger for physical food. You see, I had completely neglected the spiritual dimension of my life. In a way, I'm ashamed to say it, but it took prison to show me how empty life is without God. And then he goes on and he says this. So he's there. Isolation. Every day he doesn't know if he's going to die. Some days he wished that he had died rather than live. And then he says this. So I had to go back in my memory to those Sunday school days in that small church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You see what he's saying? When you're in a, uh, and, and you're a prisoner of war, your priorities change pretty quickly. And then you begin to look at the foundation of your life. And you go, what hope do I have? My health, my finances, my last name, None of that does anything for me in this moment. And he said, slowly but surely, his memory went back to those Sunday school days there in a little country church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Bible verses and Bible memory. And all of those things quickly came back. He goes on to say in the book that there were other, uh, other prisoners there at the time. And what they would do is... On a leaf, a piece of paper, some wood, whatever it was, anybody that could remember any sort of Bible verse or maybe a hymn would write it down. And what they did is there in the prison camp, they composed what they called the living Bible. And what they would do is, is they would pass it to one another. So then somebody could read another Bible verse that somebody else had memorized. And they would spend time with it. And it would encourage them and give them hope. And maybe there were some hymns in there. And then they would pass it to somebody else. And they would spend, he said that that was more important to them than dirty river water and any sort of rotten food that was to them. It's the only way that they survive. And he goes on to say this. How I struggled to recall those scriptures and those hymns. You see, I had spent my first 18 years in a small Baptist church Sunday school. And I was amazed at how much I could actually recall. Regrettably, 
I had not seen the importance of actually memorizing verses from the Bible or learning these gospel songs. Now, when I needed them the most, sometimes it seemed too late. I never dreamed that I would spend almost seven years in a prison camp or that thinking about one memorized verse could have made the whole day bearable. One portion of a verse I did remember was, Thy word I have hid in my heart. How often those days I wished I had really worked hard to hide God's word in my heart. Remember, we weren't playing games. The enemy knew that the best way to break a man's resistance was to crush his spirit in a lonely, isolated cell. All this talk of scripture and hymns may seem boring to some of you reading, but it was the only way we conquered our enemy and overcame the power of death around us. Yes and amen. As I was reading that, I thought, yes. And I know what some of you are saying. You're saying, Pastor Jason, I I don't think any time in the near future I'm going to be a prisoner of war um, and have to parachute out of a plane into enemy territory, right? Um, Yeah, maybe not. But you might end up in the ER or the police station you might have to go to the funeral home and you never thought you would have to go to the funeral home and you might be up at 3 a.m. waiting for that child to come home and I'm just asking you what do you do? What do you do in that moment? What do you do then when everything that you worked for every day of your life amounts to nothing in that moment? I don't know about you, but I need a rock to stand on. I've got 30 to 40 minutes every Sunday to stress to you that you need a firm foundation. And everything else apart from Jesus Christ and his word is sand. Nothing else is stable in that moment. In those moments, I don't need some cliche, girl, wash your face, positivity. I need, thus saith the Lord. That's what I need. I need a word from God. I don't need your opinion. I don't need some cliche anything. I need what God has said in that moment. And when we don't have our Bible with us, or we can't find the app, What do we do? Listen, I I am pleading with you today that I believe that if you give yourself to what I believe God has for us, that I believe if if, if we could have a cup of coffee and you could say, boil it down. Um, I'm a Christian. I walk with Jesus. Give me the one thing because we're all about the shortcut, right? The one thing. Pastor, just give me the one practice that you would say, give 2023 to. Um, it would be this. It would be the memorization of Scripture. And here's the big idea today. 
The memorization of Scripture is mandatory for survival. And every one of those words is chosen deliberately. The memorization of Scripture is not optional. It is essential. And somewhere along the way in the Christian faith and in the teaching of the church, we've like gone away from these spiritual disciplines and these practices. And, and like now, if anybody brings something up like a sentence like this, just get ready. If you say this sentence predominantly nowadays to, you know, your average Christian, they're going to be like, whoa, that sounds a little legalistic to me. Are you one of those fundamentalists? And my goal is to put fun back in fundamentalism, okay, right? Somewhere along the way, like, like real disciplines of chasing after God, getting after the Lord, has some na- for some reason become like legalistic. And, and I would say this, that the reason why that response is given is because it brings a bit of conviction whenever it's heard. And so that is a, um, a reactive statement to say, man, that sounds a little bit legalistic. But I'm telling you that, that I want to prep you for that. I've been in the game long enough, man. I have been in the game long enough to know that many of you in this room will call me or text me one day and say, this has just Happened. The only thing that is certain in life is uncertainty. And what do we do then in those moments? I haven't really um, shared this with anybody, but um, whenever we got the call that JT had been in a motorcycle accident, we had hopped in the car with some friends, and we just shot immediately um, up to St. Louis. And we arrived there, and it was busy, and there was some hustle and bustle. And so I, like, laid down the pastor card. Adam was with me, and I was like, follow me. We are going in. And I was like, pastor, 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 pastor. And they were like, you can come back here in this room. And, and, And when we got in the room, Randy was there and the brain surgeon was there and we like got there like as the brain surgeon was was giving the news of the accident and we sat down and and the brain surgeon left the room and some chaplain came in and he was an idiot he was just you know trying to joke and like we were saying nothing And I remember sitting there and saying over and over in my mind, Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2, God is our refuge and our strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. And though the mountains give way and though the earth move into the heart of the sea, God is there with us. And I said it a thousand times over and over because I didn't know what to say. I had no words to say. What do you do then? What do you say then? And I believe that when we come to the scriptures and when we see the Bible talk about the Bible, that's why it's spoken with such intensity. 
That's why when we see Jesus in the wilderness, tempted by Satan, do you know what he says to him? He quotes the book of Deuteronomy three times. Satan says, well, I mean, if, if you're the son of God, you see the, you're, you're hungry. You've been fasting for 40 days. You see this bread. I mean, if you're God, turn that, uh, or, or these stones, um, turn those stones into Fazoli's bread. Just go, it's in the Greek. It's right there. Just, just, just turn that into bread. And then Jesus quotes from memory, no scroll, no Bible, no Bible app. For it is written, do not put the Lord thy God to the test. And again, the enemy comes. And again, Jesus, the Son of God, the second member of the Trinity, as he is being tempted by Satan himself, yields and wields the word of God as a sword from memory. And I know probably what many of you are saying Pastor, I struggle with even trying to read the Bible. I get it. It's very overwhelming. What you hold in your hand is not one book. It's 66 books, 44 different authors, three continents, three languages, and one hero being Jesus. And I understand it's overwhelming. But listen, I am pleading with you. If you lean in and begin this journey, because the reality is, we memorize so many things, so many things. When I had first um, come to Jesus, like, I don't know about y'all, but like the Lord saved me from some stuff, okay, right? I know some of y'all like, but the Lord, like the Lord saved me from like tall tees and chains and big hat. Like, I'm just telling you, you ask my wife, the Lord saved me from some stuff, okay? And I'll never forget a few months after being saved, um, I had all of these kind of rap albums and magazines, and I was just into the culture and all of this stuff. And I realized that there were like two or three albums that if you pressed play, your boy could go bar for bar on every single song. And the Lord one day just sort of washed over me and was like, Jason, you're, you don't struggle with memorizing anything. You struggle with what you are memorizing. I mean, we could quote Dumb and Dumber right now, the whole movie, you and I, right? We just do the whole thing. It's not that the act itself we find daunting. Honestly, it's the desire if we would confess. And my whole job today is just to give you a desire. I can't. I'm just going to show you from Psalm 119 and that we would beg God to give us a desire I want to show you two things and then walk you through a very, very practical um, method for memorization. The first thing that I see from Psalm 119 is this. Memorizing God's word unlocks the value of it. It's, it activates the very power that's there in God's word. Um, the main verse really that I want to focus on is uh, verse 93. Look at what it says. I will... Never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. Here's what the psalmist is saying. I will never forget, God, what you have written down. 
And a translation of that last verse, you could reword it if you were meditating in your journal to this. God, I'll never forget your word because there have been times in my life where it was the only thing I had. That's what the psalmist is saying. But this presupposes in the context that there was a situation where the scroll or the... where I wasn't in church on a Sunday. I was somewhere where I didn't have access to it and I recalled it. And that's what gave me hope and I lived there. You see, here's a fun thing. Um, Psalm 119, here's a little Bible trivia for you. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in all of the Bible. I mean, when you were turning there this morning, you were like, Psalm 119 is like five pages in my Bible, right? Um, It has 176 verses to it. And the entire psalm is about the value and the power of God's word. Here's what's funny. Um, It's actually broken down in an acronym. And and each stanza begins with the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Do you know why it was written that way? Yeah, I mean, it's the same way, teachers. Um, What did you learn in child psychology? Rhyme, rhythm, and repetition. It was written that way. The very Spirit of God inspired Psalm 119 and the value and the power of God's Word to be written in such a way that it could be recalled. You know for the first, oh, I don't know, 1,800 years of Christianity that the majority of Christians were illiterate and that they learned through memorization and the oral tradition. It wasn't until the Reformation and the Gutenberg printing press. Do you know that the syntax, that this technology of a book with a spine was invented by Christians? That the scriptures came in scrolls. All important documents came in scrolls. If you go tour the Declaration of Independence, you ain't folding that thing up and putting it in your pocket. It's massive because everything was on scrolls. Christians and the church were the ones who invented literally a book with a spine in order to access the word of God to the people of God. And when I see that the act of memorizing it Deep down into the word of God, the psalmist says, it unlocks the very power of it. Because we hear all the time, man, you got to read God's word, got to live. You know, Matthew 4, 4, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen, amen. But they never really give us the why or the how. And the reality is, is when that drops deep in your mind and goes into your heart, there are moments where you can be standing in line having a conversation, and you want to see the power of God move, all of a sudden rushing to the forefront of your heart and your mind, the Holy Spirit brings a verse and speaks a word to you to speak to maybe somebody else or a situation. You see, the reality is is, is our lack of desire, if we would just confess. I love what one theologian said. What if I offered you one thousand dollars for every bible verse you could memorize in the next seven days 
Do you think your attitude towards the scripture memory and ability to memorize would all of a sudden vastly improve? But you see, any financial reward would be minimal compared to the accumulating value of the treasure of God's word deposited within your mind. Listen, there was a moment when Jesus preached a sermon that cleared the pews. Just read it in John chapter 6. A crowd keeps following him because he's doing miracles. And he fed 5,000 people with the kids' lunchable. And everybody's like, man, you get a free meal if you follow Jesus. You might get healed or something. And Jesus, realizing that they had no love for him, but just a love for his miracles, turns and preaches the paint off a wall in John chapter 6. And then he turns to his disciples and it says this, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. You see, the disciples knew, where else are we going to go? You have the very words of eternal life. The memorization of Scripture unlocks the value, and it's almost as if it activates the very power of the Word of God. And the second thing that I see is this. Memorizing God's word is a discipline. It is a discipline. Just listen, all cards on the table today. I'm, I have a ask today. I am challenging you today. The Bible says that deep cries out to deep. Some of you, when you heard the topic of the sermon, were like, Bible memory? I was hoping we would learn about like joy or something like that. And I'm here to tell you that all other topics come from this topic. That what I said last week, I am not so much interested in feeding you today as I am interested in teaching you how to cook as well. And, and, and when the psalmist says, I will never forget your precepts, I read it over and over again this week. Did you know that the psalmist says that phrase, the exact phrase, seven times in one psalm? Some psalms don't even have seven verses. And he says this phrase seven times. Verse 16, verse 61, verse 93, verse 109, verse 144, verse 153, and you know what the last verse is? See, you've got to understand something about ancient poetry. The beginning of ancient poetry is cyclical. It goes in a cycle. It's not logical. Like we like it in the West. One, two, three, four, five. That's not how they learned. They learned cyclically. And the beginning of the psalm or the end of the psalm would state the thesis of it. And the very last verse is, I have gone astray. Like a lost sheep, seek your servant, for I do not forget 
your commandments. The very last verse in the psalm is the psalmist saying again, whatever happens, I'm not going to forget your word. Do you know what the etymology of the word disciple is? It's why it's so, I mean, if you write them in English, look how similar they are. Look at the word discipline and then look at the word disciple. It literally means a learner and follower of Jesus. That disciples are disciplined in the way of Jesus. And please listen to me. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Discipleship demands discipline. And something has happened in the church of Jesus Christ where it's almost an expectation that this is supposed to be like Burger King and you come and get served and this, that, and the other and the church should teach you this and the church should raise your kids in the way of Jesus and then your kid starts asking questions about Jesus and then what you do is you go, oh my goodness, I need to make an appointment with the church. When in reality, the church's job is to come alongside you so you, as the parent, answer those questions that your child has. This, listen, it's less about teaching and it's more about training. One of my um, pastor friends this week wrote an excerpt on social media, and it was so, I just feel like it was from the Lord. I said, man, can, can I use that? This? He said, absolutely. Um, pastor Ryan Hughley in Utah says this. We want a discipleship that demands nothing, and then we complain when it changes nothing. These are at odds of one another, friends. You cannot have something that demands nothing and then expect for that to have an effect on your life. Why, why do you think when um, blind Bartimaeus comes to Jesus... Remember, blind Bartimaeus comes to Jesus. You know what Jesus says? What do you want me to do for you? Well, I'm blind, so sight would be great, you know? Why does Jesus ask, what do you want me to do for you? You see, it's a question in a question. Some of you are like, God, God, give my husband the power to lead until he leads. Are we not, am I not supposed to go there? Was that not it? God, give me courage in my faith. And then don't be surprised when you find yourself in a fearful situation. When Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? He's really saying, blind Bartimaeus, you've been blind from birth. You've never worked a job. You don't relationships, your whole life is going to change. Are you ready for it? Jesus says a foolish man begins building something and doesn't first step back and count the cost of it. Somewhere along the way in the church of Jesus Christ, the invitation of Jesus has not included the demands of Jesus. And my dear friends, there are demands, which is lay down your life and follow me. And we pick up the invitation by going, my life is not my own now. 
My life is not my own. And we show that through the acts of baptism and everything else that God's word has given us. But listen, dear friends, this is a call to disciples. That the next step and the next phase, the thing that unlocks all the things, is hiding God's word in our hearts. So the big idea is the memorization of scripture is mandatory for survival. It's not optional. I don't know how getting bombarded every day from TikTok and Instagram and the news and commercial and work and the radio and everything of every second of every day, we will not survive without it. So what is the method? How can we accomplish this? Um, We're going to give you some tools to do this. Listen, find what works for you as well, okay? The first thing is this, a rhythm. I mean, guys, the, the saying is true. If you, um, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. There has got to be a regular time. We've got the Bible reading plans, the Dwell app. I mean, all of those things. You need to, uh, what's your strongest part of your day? Some of you are like, I'm morning people. Some of you are like, Psh, I'm like a night owl. Whatever the best part of your day is, establish a rhythm. And let's say you're going through your Bible reading plan and you're reading and a verse sticks out to you. What is the next step? Read and reread and reread and reread it again. Read it out loud. Read it in another translation. Do whatever you need to do to read and reread and reread the word of God. The next step is this, to rewrite it. Write it out in your journal on a piece of paper. Um, I I do index cards, and I put them sometimes in the dash of my car. I know people that put them on the mirror in their house. They write it with a Sharpie or something on the mirror or do whatever it is to write that out and to write it again and to write it again. And then the last thing is, or the next thing is this, to recite it, say it out loud. If you're listening, here's what's so great about the Dwell app. If, if just like Matt said, you're getting in your uh, car and you're going to work and it's Psalm 1, all, there's a repeat button. And you just click the repeat button and it says it over and it says it over and it says it over. And then you get to the point where you start reciting it out loud to yourself. And then you're at a stoplight and someone looks at you like you're psycho, right? Because you're just in your car reciting it and doing all of those things like that. And then here's the last thing. You ready for this? Repeat and do it all over again, right? I know of no other tool that I could give you. The ancient proverb is true that if I give you a fish today, um, I'll feed you for today. But if I can teach you to fish today, I'll feed you for a lifetime. And that is what I believe is the next phase that God has for us at Westside. So here's what I want to do as the band comes and leads us in a time of response. I really do want this to be a moment, and I don't want this to be taken lightly. And so as you come forward for communion today, there's a piece of paper on the table. And what it is, is it's a covenant. And it's a plan for you. It's a rhythm. And, And what it is, is an approach to the memorization of Scripture, my covenant. And it reads like this. Lord, having sought you in prayer... I believe that you have led me to memorize blank. And I want you, through your reading and through the Holy Spirit's guidance, to write down the Bible passage, okay, there in that blank. 
I now dedicate myself to begin this task with your help and for your glory. And then it says this, I commit myself to memorize this by, set the date. Some of you are starting out, you can set the date 2024, okay, or anything like that. Then I want you to sign it. We've also made this in an 8 by 11, because how cool would it be, um, you know, parents, uh, man, how do I disciple? I got, I got these kids, and I got to raise these kids, and I, am I doing it wrong? And like, what should I, um, what if that gets hung up in your home, and while you're cooking, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes, he makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters, and he restoreth my soul. Joshua 1, 9, uh, be strong and courageous, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. All you need to be is silent. And when you feel like giving up and you feel like your heart's condemning you every day, 1 John 3 says, God is stronger than our hearts. And when our hearts condemn us, his grace still stands. Or 1 Thessalonians 5.24, he who called you is faithful and he will surely do it. Or when you feel like you're doing everything every day and it's in vain, you have 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 that says your labor is not in vain. And then when you read your Bible one day and you don't even know what that did and you come across Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 that says every word of God is true and is a refuge for those who find a shield in it. Because what else do you have? And for some of you, I know you're saying, Jason, that's a big book. I'm just now, I'm trying to read the Bible. And now you're like, memorize the Bible. I don't know what verse. What if I'm like memorizing a verse that's like wrong? And I don't, we've, we've got something for you. Out there at the info center, there's two sets of these. They're called fighter verses. And they're already picked out for you. All of those verses that I just quoted to you, I learned from the Fighter Verse app. I learned from this. Because what this does is it gives me categories. So when I'm doubting, when I'm fearful, when I'm anxious, when I'm this, this gives you a category for the verse. So today when you come up for communion, for those who want to answer the call to discipleship, you grab the covenant. And then maybe today on your way out, you grab two sets or one of the sets of the fighter verses and you begin the journey. Because the memorization of God's word is mandatory for survival. Father God, we come before you today and Jesus, we are just asking God that you would give us a hunger and a desire for your word. God, if we are honest, We've desired worldly things. We have desired things of the world that would give us comfort. And God, we've believed the lie from the enemy that you're holding out on us and that if we do it your way, we're going to miss out on something. And the reality is, is that doing it your way is a sacrifice. Yes and amen. Discipleship demands discipline. But God, the lie is, is that we won't have joy. And the truth that rings in this place is that you are the source of all joy, 
of all comfort, of all peace, of everything our heart desires. And so God, I pray for those who answer the call today that you would begin a good work in them and that you were confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion unto the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, have your way with us. Give us the desire. Propel us forward. We pray this all in the holy and in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would stand at your feet, if you're a baptized follower of Jesus Christ, we invite you to come grab the elements of communion along with the covenant and then go back to your seat to be led in worship.
continue in to the Lord's blood and his body, we just uh, come to you as you open up your elements, the little tab if you want to go ahead and do that. You know, communion is one of those things that, that brings us together regardless of what you're going through, whether it be the highs or lows of life. And so I pray that as we do this, that, that we remind ourselves of the body that's been broken for us and the blood shed for our lives. And so as we read in scripture, Paul tells us in Corinthians, for I received what, for what the Lord I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and we had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me and you may partake. Lord, as we take time just to remind ourselves of your love for us, remind ourselves of your love and grace, that your body was broken. And Lord, that just reminds us that we're in good company that your body broke for us so we could live. And Lord, we pray for your forgiveness. Each and every one of us comes as sinners to your table, ready to be made new. Amen. And then in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of my new covenant and my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And for as often as you eat this, bre this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You may partake. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the blood poured out for our lives. And Lord, we just take a moment to say that we remind ourselves that you and all of your friends 
was pleased to live in Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for the reconciliation that you provide. We love you. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Continue worshiping with us. We're going to read this prayer together. If you'll read together with me what's on the screen as we pray this. Heavenly Father, help us to hear your holy word that we may truly understand. That in understanding we may believe. And in believing we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience. Seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is twisted, like a covenant of gold, and your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the horizon with mercy for today.
this is just like incense rising to you, that you see sacrifice in this place, that we have a burnt offering that we've come in here today purposefully to give to you. That's my prayer for us as a body, that we increasingly become more aware of what it is that we do in this place, and it is a bringing, and it is an offering of our worship to you, and it is a dropping off, you know, of sin, a recognition of our sin, but here it is placing it at your feet, Father. God, this morning I'm just, I'm so in awe that we have a, a, your word. I mean, how lost we would be. How lost we would be if we don't have it to turn to. I mean, instill in us that that is, it is the words of life. I mean, give us that, Father. I mean, honestly, my prayer today is that you tear down everything that we've built that gives us comfort, that gives us security that makes us feel led, you know, and that you give us this sense of, of desire and urgency to have your word in our heart, in our heart, and the way that we act is based off of your word, Father. God, we, we are, our desire is to be more mature in you every day, so send us from this place and help us to take what you've taught us this morning, your word, and for us to become more mature and put it into action to have sacrifice behind what we learn, God. It is, it is a battle, you know. We say, I've fought the good fight. In Scripture, it says that for a reason, because it's hard. So, Father, give us that energy. Give us that drive to fight for what is worth fighting for. And instill in us your word as we do it, God. We go from here, and we bless you. Amen. Amen. Westside, let us go and bless the Lord. It's all about Jesus. Thanks be to God.